You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome to the fourth hour of The Big Show, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, wet basement. We have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. It'll be game two this afternoon between the Blue Jays and the Twins. A do or die game two. Toronto needs a win to force a game three tomorrow. Jose Brios up against Sonny Gray. Uh, Jays Talk Plus will follow us at 10 o'clock. And then uh, we'll do a little bit of Flames Talk. And then we'll be off to Minneapolis for game number one. But uh, first things first, got to shut down things on the big show. And we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, we're joined by the host of the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network, Matt Marchese. Matty, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I've got my Blue Jays gear on again, good. ready to be disappointed once more. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Just uh, maybe a quick thought on last night or yesterday's uh, game. Just uh, more of the same from this Blue Jays offense. And uh, you know, I, I said last week, I was like, I don't want to play the Twins. I don't want to play the Twins. Feels like I don't want to play the Twins anymore. Well, everybody was talking about how they wanted to play the Twins, and the Rangers just went out and shut out Tampa Bay in front of nineteen thousand people. So I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess that Minnesota wasn't the best matchup. But yes, it was much of the same yesterday. Can't cash runners in in scoring position. Um, you know, wasted at bats, and and it really felt like much of the same. I, I had this conversation with somebody yesterday. And the, the ongoing sentiment, and this is for multiple people, not just one, is that this team is so unlikable. And the reason why people think they're unlikable is they don't hit home runs. Mm. What's fun in baseball? Home runs. Well, Dangers. they don't hit enough of them. Yeah. So they're not, like, they, they have a good record. They got into the playoffs again. But there's no faith in this team. Like, when they went down 2 nothing, I was like, well, this, this is probably over. And that was in the first inning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it wasn't, uh, certainly wasn't a great watch yesterday. But I have a sneaky suspicion that they're going to win today. Feels but feels a little bit better today, but like I was reading this, I would, since they've gone to this wild card series, only two series out of the twelve that have been played have gone to a game three. So, a little bit of rarity. Yeah, not, there, so. not we're we're trying to be as optimistic yes. as possible here, but I know. I know there's not much optimism <laughs> when it comes to this Blue, Blue Jays team. Hopefully, Barrios can get uh, get a good start and they can help him out offensively. But uh, baseball aside, NFL, it's the big story. Obviously, uh, week four quarter mark poll. Uh, we're done. We're done. Uh, we're done four weeks. We're done a month of the year. Uh, I was doing some stats yesterday, like through week three, like yesterday, just in week three, quarterbacks were sacked 105 times on Sunday. Only CJ Stroud was the only quarterback that wasn't sacked at all. Do you think teams are just taking way too much for granted their offensive line depth and rushing to the next shiny object to place behind center uh, without really thinking that, hey, we need the guys up front to do their job to protect this nice object if we want to be any sort of success i think it's a combination of both i think like a lot of teams have injured the funny thing about that stat that you said is that cj stroud wasn't sacked he's missing three starting offensive linemen which is the craziest (laughs) thing of all that because he he was among the most sacked quarterbacks through the first two weeks of Mm -hmm. the season so i look at it as this i don't think there's a i think there's a lot of injuries to offensive lines all over but I also think that teams defensively are getting more aggressive because, because this has become a passing league. You don't want to be giving the quarterback any sort of time. So I think that teams have just said, you know what the heck with it? We're just going to get more aggressive mm-hmm. and we're going to blitz a little bit more and we're going to apply pressure a little bit more. I think, I think it's all encompassing. Like I, I can't really point to one thing, but I think the combination of injuries across the board, maybe a lack of depth for teams, 
And the fact that, let's also face it, guys on, on the defensive line and linebackers are so much more athletic mm-hmm. and so much more agile than they used to be. Like, it's almost as if the offensive line position needs to catch up a little bit with the defensive line and linebacking position. So I, I think teams are getting creative. I think there's a lack of, of depth at the position. Yeah. And I think just the transformation of defensive players and their athleticism has really kind of caused problems across the board. Well, you're, you're totally right. You look at, look at defensive linemen just in, like from 15, 20 years ago, they're, they're 260 to, or even like higher, they're 280 into 300s. They're, they're big dudes. Like Tony Saragusa was a defensive tackle. Look at him. And then you know, the, I'm just wondering what the offensive line, like do maybe they have to like, because obviously they're going to be obviously big dudes. I'm just wondering that they have to get more athletic to deal with uh, with what the defensive lines and, and linebackers throw at you. Like, like we we talk about, well, the running back position. Maybe these guys uh, to make more money, they transition in high school to become a defensive lineman. Maybe offensive linemen need to be like, hey, we need to get a little slimmer, get a little more athletic to make it seem like it's just better to protect the quarterbacks. It's just they're getting beat so often nowadays. Yeah, and and the thing is is. I don't know how much, like offensive linemen, I'm not trying to take away any, anything from offensive linemen because no. they're super athletic. Oh, yeah, like, super, I'm, super. I, like, they're, they're more athletic than me. I'm not making <laughs> yeah. any comparisons here. But the thing is, is that it's so, when you look at the, you know, when you're going forward as opposed to going backwards, it, it's so hard to keep up. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how athletic you are mm-hmm. because these guys, these guys on the defensive line are just beasts. Like Aaron Donald is, is a monster. You look at some of these defensive ends, like Miles Garrett is, a machine and he's ripped. So even if you're an offensive lineman and you can be as athletic or as trim as you want, Mm -hmm. you still got to be able to defend these guys. So I I don't know what the balance is here. It may be, you know, we see maybe offenses are going to go to, you know, a little bit more up tempo. Maybe they try and play a a shorter passing Mm -hmm. game. Like Miami's tried to do this year because they've been paying up on the offensive line. I just wonder how much that changes. And the other thing is too, is, I think quarterbacks have gotten a little bit more comfortable in the pocket Mm -hmm. because the penalties that get called against them, let's face it, there's a lot of ticky-tack penalties on quarterbacks, okay? And I think that they've gotten a little comfortable, and I wonder if maybe a sense of urgency Mm. among the quarterbacks might change that a little bit. Yeah, you're right. They they, they even look like Aiden O'Connell there. Like He took six sacks from Khalil Mack. He he wasn't panicking behind the the, the, the old line there with with the Vegas Raiders. He, He stood in there and you're right there. Like maybe the quarterbacks are just, uh, you know, they're okay with it. We're, we're protected. We're going to stay in here because we can get the best throws. Uh, to the actual, uh, to the week it was, I think the last time we chatted, uh, the Bills lost on Monday night football. It wasn't great. It was a little bit of maybe a panic around uh, upstate New York and around Bills Nation. Uh, but since then, winners of three straight. They've won games by 28, plus, uh, 28 points or more. Josh Allen now MVP favorite. Best team in the AFC right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the loss of Tredavious White doesn't yeah. help anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a big loss. And, and coming back from the injury last year, he wasn't the same player, but he really started to look like he was kind of turning a corner as the season progressed after he came back from that injury. Uh, they're going to get Vaughn Miller back. Uh, Vaughn Miller says he wants to play in London this weekend against the Jags, which would be – it's funny because you say, oh, it would be a great boost for the Buffalo Bills to get Vaughn Miller back, and it would be. But their defense hasn't been an issue at all over the course of the first four games. I look at them top to bottom, and I, and I said this uh, – I can't remember who I said this to. I may have actually said it on your station. Um, I thought that the Bills were the best team top to bottom in terms of talent. I thought that they were better built than even the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. just because they have a better defense. 
and the offense can, you know, they can throw punches with anybody when they're clicking. And we've seen that over the last three weeks. Like, I, I look at it as this. Okay, the week one, and there's so many things that happen in week one that everybody, you know, even I was pissed off as a fan because, you know, if you think you're a Super Bowl contender, you can't lose to Zach Wilson and the Jets in week one. But it happened. What they've, all they've done since is they're, uh, they've given up the second fewest points to the Dallas Cowboys, and they've scored the second most points behind the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> who put up 70, by the way. So I look at it and say, if their defense continues to play the way that they've been playing, they just held Miami to 20 points. Then the offense is good enough. James Cook has been really good, even though last week against the Dolphins, he really didn't have to be. Uh, but Josh Allen is Josh Allen. There's something about him against the Miami Dolphins at home. You know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers owning the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen kind of owns the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that they are the best built team in part because I think their defense is the best defense in the league. You talk about the pass rushers. You talk about even the linebackers. Matt Milano is great, but uh, Terrell uh, Bernard has been fantastic playing in place of Tremaine Edmonds. It's a really well-built roster from top to bottom. They have depth at a lot of positions. And the biggest thing is their offensive line has been fantastic this year. And that's been a big part of how the offense has really been able to move the ball. Yeah, no, they've uh, they've uh, certainly been a lot better. They got the New York Giants coming in uh, on Sunday, or no, in two weeks they got the Giants coming in. I was going to say because that's going to lead me to the, my next point. Uh, the two teams that think they're in New York, but they actually play in a swamp in New Jersey. Have you ever seen? I love it. Yeah, uh, have you ever seen two more dysfunctional franchises currently right now in the NFL? And this is the same league that has the Broncos and the Bears. It's funny that you say that because as you were as you were getting that question out, I was thinking, I feel like the Jets are more functional than the Giants at this point mm-hmm. with a backup quarterback. That's scary. Like, the, the Giants are, I, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I had them and Minnesota out. Uh, I just thought that with the improved schedule, both of those teams, they kind of got in just because they played a weaker schedule. But here's a stat for you. If you take out the second half versus the Arizona Cardinals with the Giants, They've been outscored 114 to 15 in the other 14 quarters. <laughs> now, last time I checked, that's not very good. And no. even the Jets have been more competitive mm-hmm. than the Giants mm-hmm. have. Like the Giants, I, I put out a tweet yesterday that Daniel Jones is on pace for 25 interceptions, and that's paying him $1.6 million per interception. <laughs> um He's not even the biggest part of their issue. No. And that's the scary thing. The offensive line is horrible. They can't stop anybody on defense. They're missing their best player in Saquon Barkley. Their receivers aren't good enough. And they just can't get the ball out. Like, Brian Dable could lose his job because he has a horrible quarterback that they're paying $40 million to a season. Mm-hmm. And it was never warranted. Like, when that contract was signed, did anybody go, you know what, I think that deal could end up looking good by the end of it. Nobody was saying that. And now we look at it and say, not only do the, the Giants have a problem at quarterback, they have a problem with how much they're paying their quarterback. And that's never a good thing because you know that they're always going to be the highest paid guy on the team mm-hmm. in their second deal, or generally speaking, that's how it's going to work. So I, I think that they're in big trouble. The Jets, on the other hand, like I know people, they don't want to, like we're not going to rush to call Zach Wilson a legit starting quarterback after one game, mm-hmm. but he made some throws with a bad offensive line, just like Daniel Jones has. And you look at him and go, 
okay, like there's some light at the end of the You can work with this. Maybe he can put it together. Yes, exactly. Maybe you can do something here because at least your defense is good enough. We can't say that about the New York Giants because nothing is working. At least if, you know, the offense is kind of struggling and you can maybe lean on your defense a little bit to put you in spots. Like, and, and we didn't even mention special teams. Like, special teams is a nightmare, too. The missing field goals, blocked mm-hmm. field goals, like all of that stuff. So if I had to pick right now based on, who's, on what I see now and who's going to have the better record, I kind of lean towards the Jets having a better record than the Giants. And, I mean, preseason, everybody would have probably said that because Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Now, I still think people are saying that because we've seen what Daniel Jones is, and right now it's not very good. Yeah, the Giants have a potential out in that deal uh, after next season, so uh, they just got to maybe get through one more year of Daniel Jones. But, right, like you, the teams just love paying these quarterbacks without really seeing what else is around. I mean, I mean, it's kind of an opposite polar, opposite question in Cincinnati, who paid a really good quarterback who's shown that he can be a really good guy. Uh, this is a good team. Maybe not to start right now. The Bengals are one and three. Burrow's hurt. This isn't feeling like the same slow starting Bengals team from last year. Is it time for maybe Burrow to take a sit on the bench here and heal up that calf before it just becomes too much? Or is it like, hey, well, if we don't win this week, we're done. I think it was business malpractice to have Joe Burrow play the first game and even the second game of the mm-hmm. season, because the worst case scenario was you were Owen two without Joe Burrow, but at least he was healthy. And yeah. I asked this question to Donovan on, uh, on the show uh, on Monday. And I said, you know, like, how do you feel about the, the Bengals being one and three with Joe Burrow in the lineup? Is it not a different feeling if you're one and three and Joe Burrow is coming back yeah. in week five healthy? Like that's a totally different conversation. Like, but the fact that Joe Burrow is playing and essentially playing on one leg and continuing to play on one leg is a massive, massive problem for the Bengals right now. Like they have the Cardinals this week. I think it's the Cardinals this week. Yeah. And, and, and it's on the road. It's not a gimme. No. The Cardinals are not a gimme, not like no. what we thought. And so that part makes it a little bit tricky. Then they got to play the Seahawks who are coming off of a bye before the Bengals get the buy of their own. Mm-hmm. Like we could, there is a chance that the Bengals are two and four or one and five heading into their buy. And that's not the two and four. You have the slightest of odds to make the playoffs. And I mean, slightest mm-hmm. at one and five, you're not making the playoffs. There's just, it just doesn't happen. I mean, if it's happened, it's maybe happened once or twice. Do they have the team that can do it? If Joe Burrow is healthy, I think they do but we haven't seen, been given any indication that Joe Burrow is healthy. Even him coming off of the, the injury report, you're watching him going, okay, mm-hmm. I know the salary cap doesn't really exist, but now you're telling me the injury report doesn't really mm-hmm. exist because he was not healthy and he's not mobile. And that's part of what makes Joe Burrow great is he's able to make plays while he's moving around in the pocket or moving outside of the pocket because, yes, he's a great pocket passer, but he's also very good at adjusting mm-hmm. and that's something he hasn't been able to do playing on one leg yeah and it just limits their offense you see like jamar chase is suffering i know t higgins is hurt but his production has suffered as well the whole team suffers with burrow's injury and i don't think zach taylor and the team were really thinking about that hanging into like the season here like hey burrow's banged up we got a good group and we're ready to throw this season away one month in uh the other end of the afc north the ravens man they're flying Maybe flying under the radar, I think. I don't. I, I mean, I don't care if Cleveland didn't have Deshaun Watson. He he's not playing defense. Lamar looked great 
against what was historically a really good defense through the first three weeks. Todd Munkin's offense has certainly made the difference in Charm City. He has. I had them winning the division. I thought that Baltimore, just with the additions that they made, uh, Zay Flowers being kind of at the top of that list on offense, uh, Mark Andrews really picked it up this past week. Zay Flowers has been consistent from week one uh, in his time in the NFL it's been a good offense under Todd Munkin and, and defensively they're good enough. They're good enough. Mm-hmm. Here's where I worry about the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know that they can run the ball effectively enough outside of Lamar Jackson to be a pass heavy team, mm. unless they go out and do one of two things. And one of them is make a call on Devonte Adams mm. because Odell Beckham jr. And Rashad Bateman are not going to be healthy mm. the rest of the year. They, they've proven over the course of their career that they cannot stay healthy. Make a call about Devontae Adams because the Raiders aren't winning a thing this year and they could probably shed the salary and he doesn't want to be there. So there's one. The other one, I would make a call to the Indianapolis Colts for Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. At least if you have that running game, you can become a team that, which is historically what the Ravens have been under, uh, under Jim Harbaugh, is... Um, or John Harbaugh, John, sorry, yeah. um, um, is that they, they've been a run-first team, but they've had a healthy, well, sometimes healthy J.K. Dobbins, or they have Gus Edwards, which they have. But after that, like, Justice Hill is not scaring you. Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, those guys aren't scaring you. Mm-hmm. But you add Jonathan Taylor to this mix, that's a totally different conversation. And then you don't have to worry about your wide receivers as much because you have Zay Flowers, because Mark Andrews is there as a tight end and maybe you get something out of Odell Beckham jr. And Rashad Bateman, but if you can't go out and get Jonathan Taylor, then you better be making a call on a wide receiver. And it's probably got to be Devonte Adams because if you add Devonte Adams to that team, I mean, yes, you can add him to any team and they're really good. But if you add him to this team, that gives them an element that they've never had. And that's, there's no disrespect to Zay Flowers because I think he's great, but he's not Devonte Adams. No, not yet. And maybe not ever. So I think that's the addition that you can make or Jonathan Taylor elite players. Like I'm not talking about, you know, run of the mill guys. They're not that, but that's what can make you different. Like these other teams have, when you look at the elite teams, they have that elite pass catcher. I think that's what this Baltimore Ravens team could use. Yeah, just you can totally because Lamar is looking great, but you feel like he if he adds another receiver and can take some pressure off him with the run game, Baltimore the ceiling you know like could be the they could go anywhere they could win the Super Bowl with that offense I think. Uh, how surprised are we in C.J. Stroud? Because I think if you asked uh, you know us all us GM, armchair GMs in the offseason after the draft, he's probably the one rookie quarterback that maybe would have struggled the most. I think I. I Yet, I'd rake them Stroud, Richardson, Young right now. The latter's obviously banged up, but uh, C.J. Stroud has certainly proven the doubters wrong and has the Texans playing uh, some good ball in a very competitive AFC South. He's been really good. Like, when, when I was doing my, my quarterback rankings in the draft, I had C.J. Stroud number one. I had Bryce Young number two. I had Anthony Richardson number three. That was how my top three okay. went. And I, there was something about watching C.J. Stroud at Ohio State that he was just able to make plays that I didn't think that he was capable of making. And I believe it was a game against Bryce Young in Alabama where he really shone and really kind of stepped up and, and made, again, throws that I didn't think he was capable of making. And now he's making them in the NFL with a banged up offensive line. He's athletic enough that he can get himself out of trouble. And when we look at who he's throwing to, like, 
Nico Collins is a good receiver. Tank Dell is a good receiver. Eventually, John Messi is going to be a good receiver. But these are not elite receivers right now. But he's making them look pretty elite. And mm-hmm. it's, it's maybe not one guy every week, but you know, one week it's Nico Collins, and then the other week it's Tank Dell, and then they go back to Nico Collins. D.J. Stroud's been super impressive. Like, if you redrafted the three quarterbacks, it's exactly how you – it's probably it, it's probably Stroud, Richardson, and Young. Do I think that Bryce Young is washed? No, but I think Bryce Young has to do a lot of adjusting because the offensive line isn't very good in Carolina. And I think his size really good is... offensive line in, in Alabama. I wonder if his size, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's – I mean, I think you can work around it. Mm. I think that there have been quarterbacks, you know, the Drew Brees, the mm. Russell Wilson. Ooh. Russell Wilson maybe less – Tua, yeah, exactly. Like, there's, there's been guys. But there's an adjustment. And I think that the biggest thing that guys need to adjust from when they're going from a place like Alabama mm-hmm. or a place like Ohio State, there's a couple of things. One, your offensive line is, is elite when you play for those two teams, generally speaking. When you go from throwing to um, players that they have at Alabama to players that they have in Carolina, that's a different world. Mm-hmm. Like in Alabama, those guys are among the – 30 best receivers in the entire country. Like you're not getting that when you go to Carolina and you can say the same thing for CJ Stroud, but he's been able to make that adjustment. I just think that Bryce Young's offensive line has been so bad that they just, he hasn't been able to make plays and he's not as athletic as Anthony Richardson, certainly, but not as, as athletic as CJ Stroud. And that's something that when you don't have a really good offensive line, it's a lot harder to get out of trouble. One more for you, Maddie. Uh, Sunday nighter, it's a big one. Uh, the Niners hosting the Dallas Cowboys, probably the 49ers' first test uh, in the young season, though the Cardinals did give them a little bit of a run last week. Uh, what's your read on this one? The Cowboys, uh, a nice bounce back last week. He was against New England, but uh, the defense is, is is there, but you think San Francisco going to attack them the same way that Arizona did? Just run it at Micah Parsons. Always, always. Just do that. Get McCaffrey the ball. You think it's going to be a closer game? You think uh, Dallas can get one over on them and, and maybe get some revenge from that divisional uh, loss last year? I, it's going to be very interesting. I, my favorite quote of the week so far is Jerry Jones talking about how this is going to be a litmus test for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no, no, no kidding, Jerry. <laughs> really appreciate the obvious statement. Uh, nobody else figured that out. Uh, but the Niners are just they're so amazing oh, at just, you know what they're going to do a lot of like running Christian McCaffrey, you know, they're going to yeah. run Christian McCaffrey and you still can't stop it. Um, they scored 30 points in every game that Brock Purdy has started and finished. That goes back to last year when he was a starter. This guy <laughs> still has not lost as a starter in the regular season mm-hmm. and they're able to work the offense. Brandon Ayuk has been fantastic. Christian McCaffrey has been fantastic. And outside of that, like George Kittle, been invisible some weeks offensively. Uh, Debo Samuel, outside of the week that Brandon Ayuk wasn't there, kind of invisible. Mm -hmm. But they make it work. Their defense is really good. Brock Purdy takes care of the football. And that's the the biggest thing with this offense. And that's going to be where I think it's, it's super interesting between these two teams because Dallas is really good at applying pressure. They're very good at turning the ball over defensively. And that's kind of, kind of be the big matchup is how can you force Brock Purdy into making a bad decision or making a bad throw or making a mistake because he hasn't really done that yet. And you can maybe make the argument that he hasn't played a defense that allows him to make those mistakes or those tough decisions. Whereas now he's going to have to, be on top of his game 
and he's going to have to be very careful with the football. I think it's going to be close. I, like, I don't think this is a blowout, but if it, if it does turn into a blowout, then, you know, we were already talking about San Francisco as one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team. I think that they are by far and away better than even the Eagles are. And I know people want to talk about the Eagles, but their defense has struggled this year. It's not as good as it was last year. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of turnover and San Francisco is returning basically the same team and they've got their quarterback that's been in the system and he's been really good and they've managed to stay somewhat healthy. If they can stay healthy, that's the question for all these elite teams. And San Francisco's at the top of the list because historically we've seen guys get hurt, especially at the quarterback position. Like if Brock Purdy gets hurt, do we have the same conversation about San Francisco with Sam Darnold? Probably not. Nope. But they're good enough that they can withstand a couple of injuries here and there. And if they do, uh, they're, I, I had the Bills and Niners in the Super Bowl this year, and I feel pretty confident that that's going to happen. Wouldn't be a bad game at all to watch. Long way to go, but uh, for the first month, those two looking great. Maddie, uh, enjoy the games this week. Uh, enjoy game two uh, this afternoon. Hopefully there's a game this afternoon, uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us. All the best, man. Take care.